Hi there, welcome back to the Doggy Pod. I'm Dr. Rob Zammett. He is Dr. Rob Zammett and I'm Dr. Rob Zammett's producer. My name is Stephen Peters and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Doggy Pod. And this week we're going to start talking about why the dogs bury bones. Probably obvious, but um, let's talk about it. Yeah, I, well, I don't know if it's obvious to me, but then, you know, that's me. <laughs> Just me, maybe. <laughs> um, why do people, I don't think, it doesn't happen that much these days, but for a while there, a few years back, people were putting plastic bottles of water on their front lawn. (laughs) Walk around and see that all the time, didn't you? It was really funny. Supposedly to deter dogs from weeing on their, or doing whatever, on their front lawn. I mean, you don't see it as much, but I still see it occasionally, and I just want to get to the bottom of it, and I'm sure, excuse the pun, I'm sure Rob knows all about it. I do actually know a few things about that, and also I'm going to talk about passive smoking. Firstly, you shouldn't be smoking yourself. If you are, stop. (laughs) But what about your dogs? Your dog's cop all that smoke if you are a smoker does passive smoking affect dogs good question Mm. is that a thing with dogs anyway let's get into it um what's been happening this week i had a funny one this week i had a dog that was urinating backwards (laughs) i'm serious right a a boy dog or a a boy dog six months old and (laughs) when he went to the toilet the urine would shoot backwards and the people yeah thought what the hell is this going on with this poor dog and so we had to have a good look and he had when a you say backwards, which direction? Like uh, backwards, as in instead of <laughs> well, backwards towards his tail. Right. So it's a boy oh, dog, okay. but right. the urine yeah, was okay. heading back out, you know, yeah, the right. other way, and they they thought something's dreadfully wrong here. Uh, and this dog certainly had a lot of problems. When I turned him over, the first thing I saw was a thing called a hypospadias, which is lack of skin over that whole area there, there was some skin missing from that area and then when i examined him a bit closer he was urinating out of a hole like instead of the i shouldn't laugh but. instead of the the hole coming coming out the front of the prepuce there was this little like some of the bird hole down through uh towards the top but you couldn't actually you know i was trying to examine his penis i couldn't get his penis out that's called phimosis. I couldn't get it's called his... embarrassing is what it's called. <laughs> very, very embarrassing. Phimosis is when you can't get the penis out of the prepuce. Paraphimosis is when you can't get it back into the prepuce. But phimosis is just couldn't get this dog and it couldn't get the penis out at all. It was all blocked. The skin was totally blocked. So I knew this became straight away a surgical case. And I said to the people, it's an exploratory surgery. I don't know what I can do about it. At times, Stephen, I've had to... I've seen these cases before, believe it or not, especially the, the ones where the skin isn't formed over the penis and the dogs are urinating in all sorts of different areas along the penis. It's almost like circumcision, is well, it? Well, it, it, in those sort of cases, the real bad ones, I have to take the top of the prepuce, when the prepuce is properly formed, I take the pro- top of that and walk it down towards the back end so it actually looks like a female and we remove the penis we amputate i thought that's what we're going to have to do and i did say we'll probably have to amputate this penis when i got there the whole area at the front of the prepuce there was no hole at all so i had to cut um literally cut the tip of the the prepuce off and then stitch the internal part 
to the outside a little bit so it doesn't reheal straight over. Formed a complete circle. Uh, we had a catheter, fortunately, we got the catheter right through. So we had a problem because it still had the hole in the penis further up coming out. Obviously, the dog, you know, Mother Nature found a way to release the urine. That's how it did it. So we did a partial penis amputation and uh, oh. and uh, stitched, cut the rest of the, the area out that was, if you like, um, malformed and stitched healthy skin to healthy skin right along the way. Now we wait and see if it heals the way we want it to. I've left the catheter in, and uh, we will take that out over the weekend, see if he can urinate, and if he can, if it goes straight out, no more <laughs> surgeries. If it doesn't go straight out, then there will be another surgery to actually remove the penis. Oh. So, yeah, very uh, unusual surgeries. I've had it in um, a few... We had. German pincers, for some reason, get this a lot. Don't ask me why. There must be some genetic makeup right. with them that has this. And we can carry a type. Karyotyping is when you work out are you a boy or are you a girl from your chromosomes. I mean, you can make your decision whatever way you like through life, but your chromosomes, if you have XX chromosomes, two crosses, you're female. If you have a cross and a Y, you're a male. And so we can do karyotyping to find out what your sex is from that point of view, from a chromosomal point of view. Um, and we do that with these sort of patients. But this one, I think, will turn out to be an XY. He'll be a boy because the other cases I've had, I've often had, the most unusual one had two testicles and an ovary as well as a uterus. Can you believe that? What? All those things in one. And in that, in those days, there was no karyotyping, unfortunately, so we couldn't find out. Which, which one it was, yeah. but yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. So for all of our male listeners out there, you can uncross your legs now. We won't be discussing uh, any more penis-related issues. <laughs> now, I know it's the most typical thing that every dog does, but have you ever wondered why dogs bury their bones i mean why wouldn't you just leave it out and have a little munch later on what's the point of actually putting it in the ground and making a perfectly good bone dirty and we'll also talk about how you stop them from burying their bones <laughs> well firstly why why do they, they do why it? do they feel the need to it's caching away resources for later you know literally storing resources so hopefully they can stay there but they don't do it with other food. It's just no, bones. only bones, because other food goes off too quickly down there, whereas the bones don't. Wolves still do it. You know, dogs in the wild still do this. Mm. And imagine in the wild, you trot off for miles and come back, and you have to remember where it is. And there are two ways, of course, that they it's the spatial, visual. Um, I could see that tree was there. I know that mm. was there. Mm. Uh, it should be in this area. And the important thing, of course, is then associative smell. And so they can smell that bone. But dogs have very good spatial remembrance as well. We don't think about that. I mean, I remember Strauss, my dog, we came around this corner once in the park and this cat flew up at, um, to attack us and saw Strauss. And Strauss a fairly big German shepherd, so the cat thought better of it and took off. <laughs> but um, many months later, I was coming around that corner and Strauss all of a sudden whoop, stood up and I thought, oh, yeah, that's right, the cat was there. He remembered. Wow. So he was, they are driven by various stimuli. 
to recognise different areas. In that case, the smell probably wasn't there of the cat anymore. There was just the spatial visual map that he had in his mind. He remembered there was a problem there. And yeah, had it been a bit of food that he'd seen around the corner, he probably wouldn't have even remembered it because he's never food-driven that dog. Each dog, when you're training, has different things that stimulate them. You've got to find that out. Behaviourists often say, oh, just use food all the time. A lot of dogs don't want to respond to food. So if you're having trouble training a dog because it doesn't respond to food, find the other uh, thing, the incentive that drives that dog. We'll talk about that at another doggy pod time. But smell is the other big thing. Of course, they use their nose and they go, boom, yep, that's it. I can smell it. It's down there. That's where the bone is. People think that uh, they're a bit like crocodiles and they bury it so it cooks more. No, that's not true. They don't wait for it to soften. Yeah, crocodiles grab someone or I shouldn't say someone, they shouldn't grab them, <laughs> but they do. Um, and yeah, they grab whatever food they've got and they store it underneath, and unless it's fish. If it, it's a mammal, they'll often store it underneath rocks and that, so it goes off a bit and becomes tenderized, if you like, so the crocodile can enjoy it a bit more. Not uncommon for them to do that. Um, not so with dogs. Now, how do you stop them from burying their bones? Well, do you need to stop them, I guess? Well, I suppose if you don't want your well, backyard dug up A couple the time. of reasons, yes. One, you don't want your, your backyard dug up and you know, big holes in the yard everywhere. Where do I put that bone? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's one reason. And the other reason, of course, is that it can go off. And we have a lot of, um, in our backyards, there's a lot of fertilisers, which means a lot of different bacteria which will affect that food and could give your dog a bit of diarrhoea or, or quite a nasty infection. Uh, and then the dog gets filthy as well. Their front legs get filthy digging and mm. all over their heads and they come inside and, oh, gosh, I shouldn't have allowed that to happen. <laughs> How do you stop them doing it? The best way, literally, put the bone on the laundry floor or on the, on the uh, carport or garage floor. Don't give them a bone where they can bury it. We don't give bones for them to have a lot of industry with in digging. We don't want that. Why do we give bones? For me, I only give bones for one reason, to keep their teeth clean. Mm. And so I use firm bones like lamb neck or brisket bones uh, or rib bones, those sort of bones. I don't want them too hard. I don't like the real big hard bones because they can damage their teeth literally on those really big hard, you know, big femurs that people like to give. I'm not so keen on those. I like a, a softer bone. I don't like a bone as soft as a chicken bone. Now, forget those. Chuck them out. Uh, any of the poultry bones, chuck them all out. They, they don't really help the teeth that much. I have dogs that come in, oh, but he gets bones all the time. And I said, yeah, I bet you're giving chicken necks. How did you know? Because the teeth are still filthy despite you giving bones. So yeah. a decent bone is something like a, a lamb neck or a brisket bone or a rib bone. Fine to chew on. And if your dog's going to bury that, um, not all dogs do. You know, a lot of dogs will just chew it up and that's it. But if your dog does bury it, then I'm afraid it's the garage floor or the carport floor or somewhere where you just cannot dig. <laughs> but it's just this, this natural instinct to, to have a little bit for later on. Very much that's so. right in there with um, you know, animals like wolves, as I said, and even foxes. A lot of the canines will bury uh, bones, they won't bury soft foods because it goes off too quick. But bones, they'll bury and come back to it in times of need. Mm. 
No, you don't see it around the burbs much these days. But um, for a while there, uh, people were putting plastic bottles out on their front lawns full of water to deter dogs, supposedly, from crapping or weeing on their front lawn. And some of those lawns looked worse because they had all these plastic bottles everywhere and you wonder why they bothered. But anyway, yep. what's the science? Is there any science or is it just what a load of malarkey? Well, the, the reasons they used to give was if the sun hit the bottle the glint off there might scare the dog away right so it only worked no, on sunny days it won't yeah exactly right um other reason was dogs won't foul their drinking water which isn't entirely true they'll they will sort of foul around that sometimes um and then the other thing is oh they'll see the reflection in the bottle and yeah, run the right. like all of this was absolute <laughs> baloney none of it worked but where, of how course. did it start because there was a, a time there you know i look i don't know ago. and it's still going no don't get me wrong it's still going it's probably because you'll see it occasionally uh, it, dogs tend not to be off the lead out and about as much these days in our society yeah and so people aren't trying to find a reason however i do get phone calls look i've got a dog down the road that comes and you know poos all over my front lawn how do i stop it you know i really want to stop that one of the best ways of doing that is citronella. Get some citronella oil and uh, mix it with a bit of warm water. So it's sort of you know, trying to emulsify it a bit and spray it over your lawns. Won't hurt your lawn, uh, but the smell, often the dog thinks, oh, I don't want to poo there, it stinks that place. So citronella, but um, yeah, one guy said, oh, it only worked once. And I said, well, how often did you put it? I only put it on once. <laughs> yeah. Duh. <laughs> the smell goes off. So you've got to keep you know, doing it yeah. until it, it uh, it eventually just stops the dog from going there. The dog there will just remember He gets this in the is, habit yeah. of, yeah, that's it. They remember that place, that spatial place is not good for me to poo. So they find another spot to go. Oh, it's just, I mean, I wonder when it, when it started. Like, who was the... Well, well, there must have been a, a first bottle going on the on the front lawn. <laughs> who, who who put the first bottle out? Um, what was... What, yeah, the segment we used to do. This is... This, we should have been doing this under... Myths, was it? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Great, great canine myth. Well, the fact is that thousands of people all around Australia, I don't know about in other countries, whether it was just uniquely Australian, but it was bizarre. And incorrect. Didn't work. Now, this is not necessarily just for people who are doggy pod listeners who are smokers, but it's just good to know because you might be visiting somebody who is a smoker uh, with your dog. And and that is, you know, we all know that passive smoking is um, quite dangerous for humans, but is the same, does the same exist for dogs, Rob? Oh, even more so. Wow. Even more so. Because right. they will take in a lot more. Um, and Because you know, they're panting, I they're guess. They're panting, those sort of things, and they will be right up there with the person i mean if your partner smokes they should be doing it outside you know that's as simple as that it can cause eye problems with dogs because dogs will keep their eyes open and so we do see some eye infections simply because of passive smoking i've seen that time and time again where i keep thinking where's this dog always getting the eye infection from we go through all sorts of things and turns out to be someone smoking in the household right they get allergies like we do as well well, you know, in, if a dog happens to have a lot of problems with allergies, skin problems, etc., uh, you may be wanting to think, you know, especially if you get to the dogs that get that chronic bronchial cough. The first thing I've I'm, I'm do, been doing these days is, does anyone smoke in the house? Mm. And it's 
quite weird. Not in every case, but in many cases, uh, yeah, there is a smoker in the house. And you say, well, try and separate them. Let's see how we go. And the cough goes away for the dog because they develop an allergy to all those things in the smoke. Respiratory infections are still born because people inhaling smoke, even though they do it. And same with dogs. They get respiratory infections just from the passive smoking building up uh, in their system, you know, just a lot of junk in there. And so it allows bacteria to start growing and away they go. They get you know, bronchitis, pneumonitis, all those sort of things, um, even frank pneumonia from it. And of course, cancer. You know, if you <clears throat> haven't worked it out yet, mm-hmm. smoking does cause lung cancer, whether you like it or not, the, the facts are there. And people will tell you, but oh, I knew someone who smoked all their life for you know, 80 years and never got... Yeah, okay, I'm not saying there aren't people that get away with it, but more often than not, you will get cancer if mm-hmm. you smoke. And so will your dog if you or someone in the household smokes. Lung cancer in dogs, I've seen it time and time again. I've got to say, in just about every case where I've seen lung cancer, just as the primary cancer, someone in the house is a smoker. Well, wouldn't you feel time. bad if you'd given your dog cancer actually uh, a few Mm. years ago uh, in New Zealand they were running ads on television um, primarily aimed at people who were smoking cannabis around the house and to not have your dog anywhere near uh, you while you were smoking cannabis because I think there are a lot of tradies and and people like that who would come home and and, and light up and of course their dog would be sitting with them the whole time next to them watching telly or or whatever and um, I think they were seeing a lot of problems from that. Well, it's ha- that's happened, of course, in, the, in a lot of the states where it's been legalised in the USA. A lot of the vets have said, yep, we've seen some actual cannabis overdose mm. in dogs because they, they forget to put the dog out if they're going to have a, a, a few joints around yeah. the playhouse. I don't know. Just, uh, and yet the, the other side of that is CBD oil, which comes from cannabis and is so therapeutic it helps a lot mm, in a lot mm, of cases mm. i've used cbd oil in some dogs and i know some people that have had to use it on themselves with very 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 good effects so but not through smoke not through, not through smoking air, not, yeah. it's entirely different doesn't work with cbd oil they have to take out certain things that so you don't you know put yourself onto a uh uh, Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> so, <laughs> so whatever you smoke, we yeah. don't care. Just don't do it near your dog, huh? Done deal. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, hope you learned something from this week's episode of The Doggy Pod. Um, and if you don't already... Follow us on Facebook and Instagram um, because Rob's always posting weird stuff on Instagram, let me tell you. (laughs) And did you see that? There's a photo of him with uh, pop singer Guy Sebastian the other day. He's just hobnobbing with big stars as you tend to do. Man, he is such a nice human being, that guy. I'm going to tell you. What were you doing just hanging out with Guy Sebastian? Oh, just good mates. No, Uh, (laughs) I'm just very fortunate to have met him um, through a friend. But he is such a lovely, down-to-earth human person. Like A lot lot of people, I've met a lot of people over the media times, Mm. and some of them you think what you see on air and what you see on stage is not what you get. Yes. He is. (laughs) What what you see on stage, what you hear him talk, he, he is the real McCoy as a human being. Lovely, lovely human being and so talented on stage. Oh, gosh, yes, yes, yes. gosh, he was good. So, yeah, we're all Guy fans. Yep. Um, 
Anyway, yes, yeah, so follow us on Instagram. And as, as always with every episode, Rob's going to leave us with a couple of words of canine wisdom. Yes, I've got something to report. Oh. Gandhi, you know, said that you Who can... Who did? Sorry? Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi. Oh, Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah, yeah he was a very... Yeah. One Nobel... No, I don't think he ever won the Nobel no, Prize for did. peace. He's, he's he, a, been a, nominated he's a great leader, times. though. Yes, oh, awesome. A peaceful man. Mm. Very much a pacifist. But he also said you can judge um, how civilised a society is by how they treat their animals, which, unfortunately, I've got some bad news for uh, our society. What? Mm, the The... Dogs that have been taken up through COVID are now being surrendered, mm. and we're you starting to see. You thought that might happen. Yep, we're starting to see. Well, I know the German Shepherd Rescue people are saying, "Yeah, we've got a lot of two-year-old German Shepherds looking for homes yeah. now." Yeah, and, and the uh, pounds are saying yes. The the shelters are saying yes. We're, we're filling up with dogs. Yeah, again, and uh, th- you know, how have we treated our dogs, and how have we treated our animals? How are we treating them? It doesn't make us a very civilised society. Well, let's hope that uh, that never happens with any doggy pod listeners. Oh, gosh, no. Not these people. These people are good. These are civilised people listening to us. In fact, any uncivilised people that are listening, get off. Yeah. Well, the episode's ending now anyway, but that's OK. <laughs> we'll see you all next week, Friday. Friday, a new episode coming out. See you, folks. <laughs>